Hoobly boobly. Yo. Head up, think fast. You're about to feel the blast. It's the dopest podcast on the net. Oh, yeah. All us geeks, fresh your bet. We round the world. We round the net. So get ready and get set. Because we make it look easy. No sweat. Jeff and Jordan, the host. Yeah, they be the best. From the north to the south, to the east, to the west. They cover movies, comics, TV shows, books. These guys gonna get you hooked. Don't stop now, just take a look. And don't forget to sign our Facebook. Cause what they doing is board games, video games. Yeah, they on it. They fly like a comet. Interviews is up. This podcast is pure. Give voice to your inner geek, that's for sure. Geek out any topic. No one ain't gonna ever, ever stop it. So if you want to go and get it on, then head to allisgeeks.com. Oh, yeah. Welcome to episode 32 of All Us Geeks. I'm Jeff King. I'm the Bronadian Butcher. <laughs> Stop it. And we're here to give voice to your inner geek. Yes. Yes, those are new intros and outros you are hearing. <laughs> They're new to Jordan, too. Kind of threw them on there and got immediate feedback from Jordan. I approve. <laughs> no, we will not be switching them back. <laughs> uh, I was going to try to give a pledge drive update, but I'm still waiting for just some minor stuff. Everything's been shipped. Everything's been paid for. The only thing I'm waiting for is... Your living room is surprisingly empty. It is. took a while, but it got there. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the only thing I'm waiting for is, uh, the last quote unquote buyout from BGG so that I get their final total for fees for doing the auctions and then I can total everything up. One thing I did do, I already told Jordan, I really screwed up the amount we needed. Math is hard. <laughs> yeah, math is hard, especially when you try to do it really, really quick and really, really late at night. <laughs> See, I think I originally said that, we, and we're not, and I'll just, preface this by we're not changing anything what i said is what i said and, and we'll make it up as we go along but i think i put down 120 dollars for our media costs it's actually 360 dollars for a year it's 30 bucks a month okay <laughs> so we're a little off there but that's all right we still uh did very well but we might be able to drop that by 10 bucks a month it might go down to 20 with the way that i've been doing the episodes now We've done pretty good about staying under what it would cost us for 20, except for during the pledge drive month, mm. of course. But And even that, we were just right on the edge. So uh, if things kind of calm out here and, and it drops quite a bit, we might be able to go down that, that one bump. So that might be kind of cool. But yeah, so far, I mean, I think the episodes sound fine the way I'm putting them out, and, and most people seem to agree. So keep doing it, and it saves us space. So like I said, we might be able to cut a little bit of cost there. So yeah, I'm uh, just waiting for to be able to pay Board Game Geeks fees, and then I will be able to give a final total. So should be by next time. I was hoping they would have done that by now, but it usually takes a few days for an admin to get back to me. And I checked all the way up until I left work tonight, and they hadn't done it. I was hoping. unless they're shooting you the nasty gram. Yeah. Well, that's that's the other thing. I was the follow up was also going to be I was going to give a BGG admin update. So. I actually have been working with an admin. He's been really cool about stuff. I know my last rant was pre-talking to them, and according to him, the I still think it's kind of uh, aggressive, but he said that they were automated emails that I was getting, and since I've been working with him, uh, everything's kind of gone really, really smoothly, and 
and he's helped me out with a few, quite a few questions. It's just usually like I ask a question two days later, I get an answer. So, and I'm trying to, you know, I, at the time I was trying to wrap up everything for the people that had actually pledged and stuff. So there's just a little bit of a delay, but everybody's been cool about it. And I said, everything shipped, everybody paid. So we're golden. I just need to pay our board game geek fees and, and start figuring out from there. Game review. We are going to be taking a look at Thrash Car, which we are looking at a prototype because this game is coming to Kickstarter very shortly. I'm trying to remember when that is. I believe this is coming at the either right at the tail end of October or in the beginning of November. Thrash Car is a two to four player game. As you can kind of tell from the from the name of the game, it, it's kind of a uh, I don't know if it's a spoof or parody of NASCAR, but it's a racing car racing game. Uh, I would kind of call it a, a spoof or parody. Mm-hmm. And parody of the fans more so than the <laughs> the the sport itself. Yeah, you have uh, the teams that come in the main game that we got are the All American Redneck Racing Circuit, the Silver Sundowners Old Folks Tour, Suburban Divas Soccer Mom Circuit, and the Holistic Hippie Echo Rally. And apparently there's going to be a Fast and Famous in the limited edition. Uh, so we're going to take a quick look at this. Again, this is a prototype. It's it's not the uh, final version, so there are certain things that we'll gloss over a bit, like components and whatnot, because we know those will be changing. Uh, and a lot of stuff that we had, uh, we had some art. Some things didn't have art, just the text and all that good stuff. So we'll be taking a look at it. A couple things that are kind of nice with this game about playing and setting up are the fact that there are multiple tracks and the tracks are different sizes. And from what I understand, I think it's going to be a stretch goal, but it might be a double-sided board, I think, is one of the stretch goals. And the board on the other side is an even bigger track. So uh, between picking which track you want to play on and how many laps you want to do, uh, they said go ahead and decide between three to five laps. You basically get to decide how quick or how long of a game you want to play. So you'll pick that out, and then you have, let's see, you have a deck of track cards, and you'll shuffle those up and put them out on all the spots on the track that you're playing on, and that basically will create your track. So you're going to have the, every track is going to be kind of a modular track. Uh, it'll change every time. And you'll have things like what you have to do. Basically, it tells you what you have, what kind of check you have to make to get off of the space. Because every time you go to move, you're trying to uh, hit a target off of the space you're sitting on. So it might say acceleration, target seven. So you have to use your acceleration score and you have to hit a target of seven to get off of that space and move to the next space. Uh, if you miss it, it'll also have a damage. So it might say like damage five. So if you don't successfully get off of the space, you'll take five points of damage to your car. So each of these will go out and there's a uh, suspension, handling, acceleration, and trading paint, which trading paint is a special ability. And then your car has a, a durability of 30 plus five points per player playing so you know a two-player game it'll be a 40 your car can take up to 40 points of damage and um, each of the teams uh, has different ratings in the in the different uh, attributes so i might have suspension plus one and handling plus three and and so on and basically what the plus ones and plus threes are going to be is what you get to add to your die your die roll to get 
off of the space. So uh, the rolls are D10s. And like I said, you pick how many times you're going to go around. Now, to get off of a you, you basically get uh, on your turn, you get four actions, uh, four action points to start with. And how they kind of track that is kind of cool. It's a little gear shift. So you go one, two, three, four, uh, shifting your little token to show how many action points you've used. You have to try to move with at least one action on your turn. So one of your actions has to be an attempt to move. So if you move, uh, you're basically, uh, you get seven cards in your hand and they do various things, that, again, pluses and minuses. And to signify that you're going to attempt to move, you take one off the top of the draw pile and place it face down so nobody look, nobody gets to see it. And then your opponents get to play a card into that pile. And so, again, your opponents are mostly going to be trying to play negatives for you. They don't want you to succeed in your movement. And then you, if you're playing more than two players, uh, the person trying to move will be able to put two cards in. If you're playing just two players, you'll just put one card in. And that's all optional. Nobody has to put any cards in if they don't want to. And then you'll reveal, well, it says shuffle them up. I still don't understand why you shuffle them up, but I, I don't think it matters if you know who played what you obviously all your opponents You want to know who's dicking yeah you want to know <laughs> obviously you know all your opponents are trying to screw with you <laughs> and there are some cards that have like zero there's there's no negative or positive modifier but something happens because of it so it's actually like another die roll to find out what the card actually does and of course if an opponent's playing on, on you it's probably not good for you <laughs> and there's also some that are just direct damage yeah so you reveal all those all of the zero cards get done first so whatever's going to happen with them if you're going to take damage if it's going to give you another negative another positive all that good stuff you take care of all those and then you look at your total for the cards and pluses or minuses and find out if you get a bonus or a penalty to your roll and then you take that and add it or subtract it depending to your ability your attribute score and that's how you get to modify the die so again if you know you end up with a negative one and your attribute score is a plus one, well, it washed. So you're going to just completely, you're just going to roll the D10 and take whatever you get and hope you get or exceed the target. So if you succeed your roll, then you get to move to the next space. Again, if you don't succeed, then you take the damage on the card. And if you have more movement available, you can continue to try to move. And, of course, if you succeed and go to the next space, you can try to move off of that space. And it's a race, so you're trying to be the first one to do however many laps, you know, three laps, say. First one to complete three laps would be the winner. But you can also, after you've done at least one attempt at move, you can call you can do what they call trading paint. And that's just basically you're trying to knock another player and do damage to them. And that's going to be kind of like a face-off. So you'll put a card in front of you. You'll, you'll basically say that you're, you're going to make an attempt to trade paint, spend your action point for it. You're going to put a card in front of you. Your opponent will put a card in front of them, turn them over. If your opponent plays any negative, if, if you or your opponent play any negative cards, you're actually playing them for the other player. So if I flip over a negative two, I'm trying to give Jordan negative two on his roll. If he flips over a negative, he's trying to give it to me. If you flip over a positive, that's for you to add to your roll. And then you look at your trading paint attribute, see if you get any pluses from there, you roll, take the difference between the two, and there's a little chart that you look at, and it's usually like loser takes damage, but if you like really win, it's like loser takes damage and winner gets to move ahead is like the best scenario that you can get out of that. The greater the difference, the more the damage. Yeah. As long as you've attempted to move once, you can use your other three actions if you really want to to trade paint three times. 
<laughs> if you're playing on a track with a pit stop, you can also use the pit stop for if you're in a spot that shows you that you can move into the pit stop. If you've taken a lot of damage, you can spend an action, just move right into the pit stop. Uh, and then when you're in there, you have to spend at least one action point in the pit stop. And for every action point you spend, you get 10 back to your durability on your car. So it starts repairing your car. If you've decided you've repaired enough or you're at full health, you can spend an action point to get back out. And that all that can happen on your same four action points. You can go in, heal twice, and come back out for your four points if you really want to. And again, you're just uh, kind of going around. Oh, you get uh, uh, every team placard has two once per race abilities that you can use once per race. And those vary. So those could be things like the Silver Sundowners here have a relaxative boost where they use an action. They roll a 1d10 on a 1 through 7. Nothing happens. Eh. 8 through 9, they move ahead one track space. And a 10, they move ahead two track spaces. That one I don't care for as much, but the other one is kind of cool, and I actually used it. Uh, the once per race continuous blinker for no action cost once per race you can cause a target player to lose one of their actions. And then there are two spots for once per lap abilities. And these are enhancement cards. So it's, again, it's another deck. It's another modular aspect to this game where you'll, you know, shuffle those up and take two. Everybody will take two. And now you have two once per lap abilities that you can use. And those can be anything like it, you know, they'll help you out during your suspension test or, or different things like that. So it's just a, another little ability, but you can only use it once per lap. And then there's also a NOS ability that every team has. And that one I thought was a little weird. It worked out. We both used it whenever we could. But it's actually once per race. When an opponent moves into your spot, so if they move onto the card that you're on, you can spend your NOS ability, and it's a, again, it's a once per race thing, where you make them spend an extra action point to trade paint with you. So usually you're spending the point to trade paint with an opponent. This, an opponent is moving in with you and you're using your NOS ability to make them spend an extra action to trade paint with you right away. And you have to do it before they start a movement test onto the next card. So as soon as they move in, you go, I'm using my NOS. Bam! So if you haven't started to gather, this is very much a screw your neighbor game. How do you think that went over with us? <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of rinse and repeat. Like I said, you have your seven cards. At the beginning of your turn is when you get to replenish your hand. So uh, whatever cards you spend on your turn and then on your opponent's turns, again, because anytime that they are attempting to move or if they decide to trade paint with you, you're kind of using cards. And, again, you have a hand of seven. If they do the large track... I believe it's a hand of eight, if I remember right. So you get one extra card if they happen to do that larger track on the other side. Uh, but yeah, top of your turn is when you get to replenish that those cards. So uh, depending on what all goes on and around and how many players there are, you might be hurting for cards by the time it comes around to your turn uh, if you decide to go all in with everything. And anything I missed? Anything you can think of? Uh, no, I think that covered it. I guess in terms of fluff, you know, what we received, even if they don't do... If if it's a stretch goal that they don't meet with the two tracks that we do have now, they did it nice. The small track is a dirt track, and the larger track is asphalt. So yeah. they give you that feel, that two point 
two types of feel for for NASCAR at, at least. You know, mm-hmm. they give you that kind of racing feel. And then the smaller track does not have a pit stop, so you don't have to worry about pit stop mm-hmm. rules and all that stuff. So yeah, so that, yeah, that is one of the things. I mean, there is a a good amount of variety. I think mm-hmm. with this game. Now, should we go ahead and uh, confess up front how we feel? You typically feel about these type of games, or uh, hey, uh, yeah, the, uh, I mean, because yeah. that, that, that makes it all the better. I loathe driving games on any media, any platform. I refuse to play them. And when I saw this, this just first struck me that it was going to be very much a very roll and move Mario Kart kind of game. And I was going into this with already very negative blinders on uh and this game was really gonna have to work to achieve neutral haha <laughs> you see what i did there <laughs> but the racing theme is just there enough to give you because there's a start finish line on both tracks and you're going around an oval so the racing theme is there but it's really to my mind and possibly this is not the purpose but it's really secondary to screwing your neighbor <laughs> and when this became apparent that this was just an abundantly uh screw your neighbor mechanic game i was totally sold this uh whether it's two players or four players or three players just the ability to go out there and know that there's going to be three people dropping a whole bunch of negative bombs on a dude it's just a wonderful game (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh i've kind of starting to learn that uh i mean again it's at first look uh i'll be completely honest as well it, it didn't have a lot of appeal to me. And these are the kind of things that I'm always like, well, okay, I'll see what Jordan says before I, <laughs> before I say yay or nay. But at the same time, we've been surprised enough that I try to keep an open mind about it. But I agree. Coming in the door, I was ready for it to, to work. It, it, had to, it had to work to, to win me over, basically, coming in the door. But it, it did. I mean, we're kind of going to the end here, but. Well, I mean, we've got the pre-prod, so there's really not yeah. a lot we can talk about. I mean, the cards aren't done. What yeah. we received is not a finished game, so we can't right. really speak to that. Well, but we can't. So component-wise, just uh, at least what we got, so I'm assuming you'll get comparable, if not more, when the game hits Kickstarter. There is a team enhancement card deck, like we said, so every team is going to get two enhancements. Uh, we received uh, 50 enhancement cards, so... You know, there's a lot of variety there, so it's that's going to change your game every time you play. Track cards to make up your track got 50 track cards, so again, those that's enough there. Uh, I think the the large track for what we got, so we didn't we don't have a double sided board, but the large track that we got is six spots, so you put down six cards of those 50. So there's a, a, a way that the game can change all the time. We got a hundred action cards. And again, you, you know, you go through that. We went through that deck at least once or twice Yep. and shuffled those up, but still, I mean, there's a, a good amount of cards there. You know, we got teams. If I'm understanding correctly, there's going to be at least two teams per circuit. You know how I was talking about, I didn't understand mm-hmm. that part of it. Cause we only, we only got one team per circuit. Right. If I understand uh, what I read later, there's actually going to be two teams per circuit, so there will be a choice of. Well, teams. that makes more sense about excluding when. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you'll get eight teams, ten if you go for the collector's edition, because you'll get that two teams for that fast and famous. Uh, you know, there's a durability clips that you put on. They're gonna, uh, from what I understand, they're gonna be kind of like the zombie side clips. No. So they go on the bottom again. Don't the, do it. <laughs> again, the game board, which potentially will be double sided. You get 10-sided dice. We've got four of them. You get uh, some action tracking pawns, 
uh, which again, that's like the gear shift thing to show uh, what actions you've used. And then we had a pond for tracking the, our laps as we successfully did a lap to show where we were in the race. They're going to do, uh, it says a gas can token. So the winks we got are going to be like gas can tokens to put over the NOS and when you've used the action cards and stuff, from what I understand. And of course, a rule book. So, did he, has he given an explanation yet on the, uh, the print car that we received? I have, I still, I'm still not sure what that is. So, you know, you, but I mean, you get a fair amount of stuff mm-hmm. for, I mean, I haven't seen what the price is going to be yet, but it's a fair amount of stuff. And, and what we got was a, a pretty nice amount of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, again, we don't have a lot of final art. Uh, we don't have hopefully a lot of final wording because there are some things that could probably do a little bit of cleanup on wording. There was some grammar there, but they've already started to address some of that. So, yeah. but, uh, you know, it, it's looking good so far. Can definitely say that mechanics uh again uh biggest mechanic for us screw your neighbor if you can imagine there was a lot of swearing there was. <laughs> a lot of you dick <laughs> and uh sat it, it may come as no surprise that is actually a favorite game for which jordan and i get together anytime we can cuss at each other we're good <laughs> so primarily to me, this is a screw your neighbor. I mean, you might say there's a little bit of hand management. I don't think, I mean, you're going to use them if you can use them. You're not going to, you know, it's, you're not really going to hold back and say, Oh, well, unless you're a really, really nice player. Well, I doesn't like to confront anybody at four players, you know, then maybe who do you want to dick the most or four players, you know, or do you want to ensure that you have, you know, at least two cards for each other, piece of dickery you're going to do yeah. you know yeah so there might be a little bit of hand management type stuff again it's uh but for the most part we got screw your neighbor out of it and thoroughly enjoyed it mm-hmm. <laughs> and it really worked i mean how the game played out and moving around the track i was a little concerned like when i first started reading it and before we started playing it and the fact that we're only like here are six cards you must move around this track. You can do three laps. I was like, man, this is going to be the shortest game ever. You know, it's it like I said, it seemed dangerously close to like even weaker, you know, roll and move than Monopoly. This was just going to be. It's a D ten and there's six bots. How how hard can this yeah. be? <laughs> but uh, that mechanic was totally not at all what I what I yeah. expected. So yeah. yeah, and again, it's I mean it's it's roll and move, but not. I yeah. mean, it, I mean, you have to roll to move, but there is actually something to it. And again, it's you're hitting, trying to hit a target to get off of a spot. Yeah, to move to the next spot to where you have to hit a target again. And again, if you don't hit that target, there's damage involved and all that. And you're wasting actions. Um, oh, it's. I guess the, the value of the damage though is that if your car gets down to zero health, you do have to get towed to. You got to spend your actions to get towed to the. Yeah, uh, if you you, that's actually an optional rule. Oh, that's optional. Yeah. So I mean, if you want to be a real, you're just doing play player cutthroat. elimination yeah, too. You, you can do awesome. You, you can either do player elimination. Your car's done because because the uh, win condition actually is first one to three laps or last car running. Awesome. But there is an optional rule if you don't want to do player elimination that allows you to spend two actions per spot you move to move towards the pit stop. So you can make sure there isn't player elimination if you don't like that aspect. So again, another really cool thing that they kind of did. Mm-hmm. They they took that into consideration and have a variant for it that's right in the main rules. It, it's, you know, if you don't want if you want to do this, you can do it this way. So it was kind of cool. We never had to use that, but we came close a few times. We were both down into <laughs> single digits at one point yeah. after 
inappropriate use of NOS and then some bad rolling trying to get away from each other. <laughs> Overall, I mean, mechanics, what did you think? I mean, it's uh, it's dead easy. Everything that we were presented in the box after reading the rules, everything worked well together. There were a couple, you know, grammar issues and a couple, uh, you know, at a two-player game, we discussed the need for a discard. Yeah. Uh, and But other than that, the only other question we had was how to use the so some cards are a negative but a positive to another faction. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was some discussion on how to use those best or how we should be using those. But they cleared that up, and they're going to be addressing that in the rules uh, as they go forward. So there was really no gray areas that are left unresolved. And the only complaint, and hopefully they will do something with this, is a, a discard mechanic for two players or a way to cycle or something. Because we ended up many a time with cards we just had no use for because it was a negative us for you know it was a negative for each of us but a bonus to our bonus to the other to play it uh so at a two-player game there is the possibility of ending up with cards you simply don't want to use right yeah it that's the biggest thing we came away with is in a two-player we don't think you know three four-player game three-player it might happen from time to time but not as bad Four player, I don't think it's really an issue. But in a two player game, yeah, I think at one point I was stuck. I had like two to three cards in my hand that were just useless, and and I either played them and said, and I did a couple times. I was like, screw it, here mm-hmm. for this round, you you get your bonus. I guess I just want this card out of my hand, or you have a dead hand that you just don't play. So I would even like I said, I, I think I'd even be fine if you know start of your turn, discard up to two. And draw back up to seven, mm-hmm. you know, that would be fine. Uh, even if it's just one, I mean, just, just, just some way to call it when, when you know that you've got a card, you absolutely positively don't want to play in a two player game. Yeah. But really, that's the biggest thing that we had. Mm-hmm. Everything else. Suggestion. And, and that's, that's not a core game mechanic. That's, mm-hmm. that's just something to, to streamline one, one play type, you know, right. but. Everything else, as presented in the box, it works well together. The cards are self-explanatory. The rules are self-explanatory. And how all the cards interact together, you know, it's all good. Yeah, you had, you had mentioned at one point, too, that if they potentially didn't want to do the discard thing, bumping it to three to five player game wouldn't be a bad thing either. Yeah. If they're absolutely adverse to that, then, yeah, the the the, the minimum play should definitely be three. Let's go to rules. Rules, I did get an updated rule set few days ago it was after we got our play then though but that's all right but i did look through that a little bit not as much as uh, i wanted to yet but the one of the nice things is my biggest issue here was going to be because uh, they kept telling me about how it's in graphic design right now graphic design because you know i got a basically kind of like a word document or and which is fine but there was a lot of glaring misspellings and and spelling issues and stuff to me in this one. And the first thing I looked for was the ones I knew right off the top of my head were there and they're gone. So, I mean, they, they have had somebody look at now. I haven't read through it fully to see if, if some of the other things that we were kind of thinking of were cleaned up, but for the most part, other than some, some misspellings, I mean, I went through the rules. It's not like we had a big issue playing the game. It's not like we had a whole lot of questions to play the game. Uh, again, it was just a little bit of wording on cards, a little bit of timing of things maybe, uh, and, but we were able to get through it, and it wasn't necessarily because of the rules at that point. It was more uh, what we were reading on cards and, and how we were playing them. So rules-wise, uh, I think the rules are 
pretty solid as as they are right now. Uh, again, if they just have a, a few more people do some once overs, and at this point, really, I mean, they're just getting ready to launch their Kickstarter, mm-hmm. so they've got the time to do that. I mean, yeah, this this is early, early prod, so I think the rules are pretty solid. Teachability, what'd you think? Uh seemed pretty easy. You took you five minutes just to go through all the aspects of the, the, the decks and, and the board. And then we were off. And, uh, like you said, you read through the rules a couple of times. And once we started playing, there was really no need to refer to anything. So there were no gotchas there from the teaching side. So I think it's pretty, pretty easy to teach. Yeah. This is another one of those games where it's not going to take you too long to get away from the rule book and onto what's going on. Uh, because the training paint table is on the board. So that's nice uh, that you just you don't have to go. Well, let me refer to the back of the book or anything like that. It's it's on the board, and from what I understand, that's staying there. It's just going to be a little larger. And you know what you what you need to get off of a space and the damage and all that stuff. It's on the board. It's on the card that's sitting on the board, and everything's on your placard. I mean, it, it, there's not a whole major need to refer back. So it, it's pretty cool in that aspect. I mean, you know. First view, okay, what what can I do with my actions? But after that, so I mean, that could be one potential thing if they had space that they could also put on a board or on the placard or on a card, something. Yeah, they could put it in the yeah. center of the track. There's the space there. Yeah. After a few referrals to that, you don't really need it that much. You're yeah. not going to refer back to the rules that much. So, yeah, I, th- I thought it was very teachable. So, theme, what do you think? Like I said, it's there is a NASCAR-ish theme here in the colors and that it's just turning left and, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> that doesn't do it for me. But the actual screw-your-neighbor mechanic far outweighs the the theme. The theme for me is it's inconsequential, really. It's robo-rally, but better. <laughs> I have to think less. My spatial reasoning is not challenged as much. You know, it's there. It's easily ignored. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm going to give them a little more love and a little more credit than that. Just from the fact that there were multiple times that you and I were laughing our ass off because, like, the continuous blinker ability and stuff like that. So some of the stuff they've built in and how they've named some of the abilities and, and things that happen. And, like, the the one, I don't know if you were trying to race. I think you were trying, I think you were trying to move and you got the, the old guy and the walker and the, yeah, it all yeah. lined up. And I was playing the old, the old folks anyway. So there's some, there's some cool little things like that that can happen during the game and you can have fun with it if you're looking for it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give them a little, I'm going to give them a little extra credit for, for that. It, it worked out really nice in the, in the, in the couple of games that we were playing and it was, it was fun to make those connections when we were playing it. So we had fun with the theme mm-hmm. and fun factor. Well, Kind of just covered it, but yeah, I mean, it's fun factor slash overall. Again, coming in the door, Jordan and I both kind of crossed our, our hands and was like, mm, show me, <laughs> you know, prove it. <laughs> we got they it. They did. And, and it, they, yeah, they passed with flying colors. This is another one of those games that surprised me. This is another one of those games that basically proves my theory of trying to be open minded when somebody approaches us on a game that I may not think by just looking at it. <laughs> that I'm not going to enjoy. I'm glad uh, we had the conversation. I'm glad we took the time to, to uh, look at it because it was a very fun, enjoyable game. And this is actually Jordan and I talked, and this is, again, this is not something that we uh, would normally say, 
yeah, let's bring it to the table. But because of the screw your neighbor factor, because of those little, you know, themey gotcha things that we found while we were playing it, we want to bring this back to the table. <laughs> we want to play this some more. Uh, we would love to get some other people in on it. So I highly recommend it. So least, please do go up to five. Yeah, yeah I, I highly recommend checking it out when it hits Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. You know, if they change nothing now except the finished quality, you know, art and boards and language, this is a great game just as it stands. Yeah. So there you go. That is our review of Thrash Car. Again, it's coming to Kickstarter. It's either right at the end of October or right at the beginning of November, I believe. But keep a lookout for it. And uh, once it is posted, I'll make sure we share it on Facebook and Twitter and all that good stuff so people know it's active finally. What we're watching. What I'm watching. My ongoing disappointment with Disney's Marvel's Agents of Shield uh, is ongoing. I'm still, I still don't know where I stand on that. It's, it's questionable at best. Absolutely, everybody on that show rubs me the wrong way. <laughs> Fitz and Simmons are supposed to be Amy Acker, but in two characters, and <laughs> they're not. And th- this has all the hallmarks of a Whedon production, but it just fails at every fail. It's too strong a word. It's certainly struggling at every. Every key Whedon moment. I watched Buffy. I watched Angel. I watched Dollhouse. I enjoyed all three. I, you know, and it's, I'm having a hell of a time. I mean, I think Megan is kind of enjoying it, but I've told her, I was like, I'm still on the fence. This may end up being something you watch while I edit. I, it's, and and it it's does, not even it, the, the hero thing or the lack of hero thing or the poor adaptation of the Marvel Universe because they said it wasn't going to be a hero show. It wasn't going to be, it was going to be. Sp- kind of a, the villain of the week, but kind of espionage show. And it's not really turning into the second part of that. And, you know, the Nick Fury walk-on at the end of the second app just seemed like totally forced. It was out of... Uh, I think my... Again, I, I think I said this one of the other times we were talking about it, but my biggest issue might be what I should have expected. I'm not enjoying the camp. I'm not enjoying the, the let's let's be witty aspect of this show i kind of want this to be a more serious show you know that that is correct it's it's agents of shield it's not agents of you know potential vampire slayers it's not agents of spike's comedy school you know it's not agents of the dollhouse there was a laxness in all those shows because they were not you know federally funded and the one reason that i think it was the fourth season of buffy really sucked was because she got involved with the military, secret military, you know, but that totally spun the show off its off its theme, off its off its feel. And this I uh, this is not agents, this is not shield, you know. This is not a Stranko cover come to life here. This is just it's Whedon shield and I don't think it works. Dollhouse wasn't that campy though. No, it I wasn't mean, it campy, but serious. it was it, it had more seriousness to it, but it was still fringe elements, you know. It was yeah. it was not Oh, uh, yeah, I get what you're saying there. But, but this is and I'm not saying this needs to be, you know, blue blazer and gray slacks, but there's a certain lack of authenticity here. You know, there's this does not strike me or perhaps it should strike me as <laughs> A government agency. It just doesn't. It doesn't have the shield feel to it. They're throwing a lot of elements in there. You know, like the blueprint behind it, behind his mm-hmm. desk. It's got the old shield or the real shield logo on it. I'll say it. You know, it's got the old <laughs> shield logo on it, and you know they've got 
the you know, the old flying car, which they didn't explain, but that's there for the fans. You know, th- that no Nick Fury's old car. That's cool. They've got elements there. Uh, but it's, yeah. The chick that's supposed to be super hot, but yet lived in her car for X number of months. How is she keeping all that up, really? <laughs> you know, Fitz and Simmons, they're, they're supposed to be the witty banter people, but it's they just come off, to me anyways, as annoying. And, you know, Super Agent Dude and Ming-Na, you know, it's they're both the same character. Only one has the dark past and the other one hasn't achieved the dark past yet. So, uh, you know, it's I was hoping for more. I'm not getting it. It's still on the season recording because, let's face it, first season. of. But see, that's the thing. This is a Joss Whedon production, but it's a Jed Whedon show. Mm -hmm. First season of Buffy, first season of Angel. Those were not strong seasons. So I hold out hope for, and Disney is not going to let this tank. This is going to get all 22 apps because I'm sure this is going to be their bridge. So they're going to keep characters alive with those pre-credit Nick Furies. You know, they're, they're going to keep stuff fresh. So I'm hoping for more, but as it stands right now, yeah, I'm still watching it too, but it's, yeah, I'm, I'm struggling. I I'm trying to find the happy place. And so far, I'm not hitting it. Yeah, no I'm just it's... like, yeah, okay. My my so far, my happy place is seeing that Megan is enjoying it. It's like, all right, well, at least Megan is having fun with it. Yeah, and this is not so deep that Sarah turns to me and asks, "Should that have been funny?" You know, this is not so deep in the Shield lore or the Marvel lore. It's for the uninitiated, as it were. I think this is a good standalone show. I'm not trying to say that snobby because they're not. I don't think they're trying to make an effort to to be anything but what they're presenting. Yeah. But what they're presenting is just not grabbing me. Yeah. Also, Person of Interest is back. I'm enjoying that. Hey, I can throw in another Amy <laughs> Acker reference because, hey, Amy Acker's in it. <laughs> She's dreamy. <laughs> Swallow it. Don't spit it. Swallow it. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> it's not that kind of show. Spitters yet. Quitters. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've loved that show since it came on. It's really good. I, I really enjoy the... The, the black box watching society to take being more for the common man than, than the government. You know, I think that was really enjoyable. And last season had a great cliffhanger, and I like how they have not quite yet addressed that. Do you watch it? Mm-mm. Oh, well, nope. you should. It's excellent. <laughs> watch it! I will tell that to my DVR, which <laughs> I just saw Megan add something tonight, and it said, no, no, you are not allowed to watch that. And Walking Dead is back, and, eh, you know, but... Really? Eh, was, well... Last week's last season started off kind of slow for me too. The 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 premiere this season just seemed very jarring because they gave you you know the quick blurb from scenes from last season and then like just bam two months later or six months later however it's supposed to be and they've got this whole community at the at the prison and it just seemed very jarring to me like and I had to get Sarah to like stop and rewind I'm like did we like miss anything because I'm pretty sure we watched everything but if we missed anything and we went back and watched the first ten minutes again no no. It's all there. See, I like it. I, I, I mean, I don't dislike it. It's yeah. just slow. Uh, it's slow pickup. Just like I don't remember season. who it was on Twitter, though, that just irked me. I read some. Somebody the, on Twitter. Yeah. yeah <laughs> pretty much. But it was just like, oh, I finally checked back in with The Walking Dead just to watch the first couple episodes. Man, has that become a pile of crap. You know, it just went off and off. And it's like, really? Get that from watching 60 really? Minutes, did you? Because... It's it's there's it's not a bad show and I'm more tolerant of the slower times just because I think that 
makes a good transition into when it's not slow. I mean, it's nice to see them try to build the community and all that stuff, and it's nice to see, for me anyway. I mean, there's a whole section that would be nice to know. Like, there's a there's a whole there is a whole like you said is uh, did I miss something? Because there is that whole you know Carl pretty much was like. F you, Dad! <laughs> At the end of last season, now he's like, I'm, I'm 14 now, and I don't need yeah. my stupid cowboy he's hat. He's like, I'm trying. I'm trying, Dad. You know, and so there's a whole transition there that obviously happened in that time we didn't get to see. But I liked the whole building the community and, and hey, look, we're we're fine. Everything's fine until it's not fine. And then, oh, shit! <laughs> we are the oinking dead. Yeah. So I I kind I'm kind of digging it actually. I mean, I'm enjoy- I'm enjoying it. It just seemed off just a little bit, and I'm waiting for the 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 rebalance to happen for me. I'm enjoying it enough that I almost called you up and said, you know, we usually do it at the end of the season, but maybe we need a point five <laughs> for, get, for the premiere and get well at least the first few episodes here. I, I well, I, if they take their winter break like they normally do, maybe we should do go. a point two five. Yeah. I actually uh nice. <laughs> I actually turned to Megan the other night and was like, you know what? See, there you go. You and I could do a Walking Dead companion podcast. <laughs> there's there's the podcast we can do together. There you go. <laughs> she wasn't having it. After she slapped you, what did she do? <laughs> <laughs> and saw a couple movies over the weekend. Uh, we struggled for three weeks to get the schedules to merge, and we finally merge. did, so we finally got to see <laughs> Gravity. No, that merging hasn't happened. <laughs> and that was very enjoyable. I was disco- disappointed to find out after the opening weekend that it wasn't 90 minutes of Sandra Bullock dying. Um, <laughs> it was something somewhat... Well, it's been out for three weeks. Who cares? It's it's 30 minutes of George Clooney dying and then Sandra Bullock living. So that was a bit disappointing. But on the whole, it was good use of actual real-world space physics and very enjoyable story. Uh, really good. So highly recommend it if you haven't seen it yet. Yeah, Megan saw it and enjoyed it. I haven't seen it, though. Well, I'm highly recommending it to you. Yeah, I'm just, eh, maybe once it comes out, on the, it's not something I feel I need to go see in a theater. Uh, we saw the 2D version. I think uh, this is one of the few movies that I might have actually enjoyed. I hate 3D movies, uh, but I think this would have actually benefited from 3D. I have seen a lot of people go, oh, my God, you have to see this in like Omnimax. So. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I'm not going to go see it again. <laughs> Certainly not for a four dollar, you know, bump glass price, but yeah. yeah. And then we also saw Escape Plan, the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone. That's right, you did, yeah. Team up. It was fun. If you just expect an eighties movie, that's that's what you're gonna get. There's sweet. It's uh, and it had Jim Caviezel in it from Person of Interest, who Sarah apparently lusts after. All right. <laughs> I was not aware of this, but now uh, you are. Now I am <laughs> painfully <laughs> every night. <laughs> For at least two minutes. So that, and that went somewhere I wasn't going. Thank you though. <laughs> well, you were. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, he's in it, and he's. It's. I think they selected him just to be the the reverse of his character. He's he's now the owner of the black box as opposed the government owner of the black box as opposed to the man of the people. So that was, that was pretty fun, and there was. Uh, by design, I suspect a movie where uh, a scene where he, Arnold had to get to the top, <laughs> and uh, there's uh, a good mix of humor and action. And uh, uh, even though it was, I'll say 99% predictable, it was still an enjoy- enjoyable ride. So yeah, check it out on cheap night. Not you, I know you're not going to, but our, our listeners. <laughs> and that's uh, that's what I've been watching. Well, obviously we had a little bit of crossover <laughs> that we've already talked about. 
Megan and I actually uh, power watched where we left off in season one of Arrow so that we could start watching season two of Arrow. That was extremely enjoyable, except if you watch them back to back, like we had to do. That's a lot of CW. Good Lord, is there a lot of emo. (laughs) Good Lord, is there a lot of emo in that show. You know, when you get a week off in between, it's probably not so bad. But when you're watching them back to back, it's like, my God. Show me your wrists, Jeff. Show me your wrists. Oh, stop crying. Too much crying. There's no crying in superheroes. (laughs) But you know what? I know you watch it, too. Mm-hmm. And I know how you feel about the flashbacky type thing, but how do you feel about it in that show where they go back to the island? I like it because it's origin. Yeah. Whereas I, in other shows, Lost, uh, <laughs> it wasn't. It was chaff. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of like it too. And of course, they brought out Grixis, so Spartacus. <laughs> so that was a fun watch. You, you can call too. him Wilson from now on. <laughs> So yeah, it, that was that was enjoyable. So yeah, we're on to season two now. We're not quite caught up. I think we're one episode behind or something like that. But it was a fun watch. Are you still watching it too? Yeah, then, yeah. Okay. It was an interesting take on Bronze Tiger. Have you seen the Michael Jai White character yet? Mm-mm. No. Well, he's going to be Bronze. He is Bronze Tiger, and he's one of my favorite kind of not heroes from uh, Secret Six. Interesting take on him and working with uh, Old Suicide Squad too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I remember that's that's was my era of yeah it's like the Austrian in the eighties yeah it was uh, interesting take on him don't know if they're going to keep him as he is or if they're going to try to change him at all but they've got uh, pretty solid two three ups whatever they're into right now yeah I kept waiting for them to try to turn uh, his sister's boyfriend into the Flash because he always wears a red hood (laughs) well no he's he's going to be the Red Arrow yeah or Arsenal as he's known now but yeah that's uh, that's yeah that was. I was waiting for them to do that last season when he was strung up. But yeah. So and of course they gave him the the little red quarrel for whatever. But yeah, so I'm waiting for that. What they've done though is uh that irritates me to no end. To no end. I mean, I know they're they they do not stick to canon. They they did not with Smallville at all. And for you know for five of the nine or ten seasons it was okay. Smallville? Yeah. Yeah, Smallville wasn't bad. Wasn't bad. I mean, it had its emo moments. It did. I mean, first season that was the setup season, so you forgive that. Two, three, four, five. I thought very good as a standalone. This is Clark Kent, not Superman. Yeah. But then at the end, when they started to cross over more into the real DCU characters, I'm like, I love those comic books, but man, you (laughs) that much latex just does not look good in real life. People, I'm sorry. You know, the Booster Gold app and the the JSA. The JSA app was a great story, but man, just, he looks stupid with those wings, people. I'm sorry. There's yeah, a reason I, why you don't do Hawkman on TV. I, so <laughs> I have all the uh, I have all the seasons, but mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly where I stopped watching, so I still have to catch up on Smallville. Anyways, what was I saying? Doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, the yeah, thing that they're irritating does. me with now. Laurel. Her name is Dinah Lance. She's the Black Canary. So now they've turned her into, I don't know if she's supposed to be a cop or just the prosecutor that shows up every time a cop's on screen. And they've entered there this week. There's going to be a different woman who is the black canary. Mm-hmm. Eh. Okay. So maybe it's going to be Drake instead. It's going to be alt, you know, earth two Dinah. It's going to be earth two black canary. Who knows? But come on. No, they get together. They have a flower shop. Sherwood florist. They have a relationship. This is them. That is why they gave them this chemistry in the first season. Continue, Jeff. It's your segment. <laughs> okay. What else would you like me to rant about? Well, nothing. 
Oh, it'll happen. I know it will, but you asked me what I wanted, <laughs> not what was going to actually happen. I'm Skynet. Your preferences do not matter to me. I didn't put any, I didn't really, I, I put down The Walking Dead, but obviously we talked about that. So uh, I watched some movies. Curse of Chucky. I actually enjoyed Curse of Chucky. Good I for will you. say it. it. It was pretty, they actually. It, I can't think less of you. <laughs> Oh, I know that. <laughs> like I'm like I'm worried about that. Please. <laughs> if anything, I'm gonna start getting worried when you think highly of me. <laughs> it's like, oh shit. <laughs> what happened? I was such a good person. <laughs> Your journey to the dark side is complete. <laughs> I was thinking that they were maybe gonna do this like as a reboot. Oh, it's just continuing? Yeah, they he they actually did like research and, and we're showing like all of the Victims from the other movies and stuff. So yeah, it's a it's, it's just a continuation. Okay. Uh, so it was it was pretty cool. And it and it but it did take it back to the roots where it was wasn't the comedy aspect of it as much as the dark side. And of course, you know they they gave him a paralyzed chick to go up against. So. <laughs> <laughs> Although he killed a lot of other people before her before her becoming the final girl. Hey, you know what? People bag on that, but I'm pretty sure if. Freaking Teddy Ruxpin jumped up with a knife and started talking trash at me. I might be surprised for the one second he needed to hamstring me. Well, I will say that there is there is a scene where he's like, the guy hits the floor, he's got an axe, and he's standing over him, and the dude's just like, you know, just like looking surprised up and like in the silent scream. It's like, you dumbass. You're on the floor, and it's a doll. Sideswipe or get the hell up or something, you know. But he he sat he stands he or he uh, lays there with that surprised look in his face and gets gets an axe in the face, like takes off his lower jaw or whatever. It was like dumbass, sideswipe, just just yawn, <laughs> yawn, and, and you'll knock Chucky away. Uh, that said, it was a good movie. I had fun with it. And uh, see, so we watched uh, Justice League Flashpoint Paradox. That was a pretty good story. Yes, it was. We, we enjoyed watching that. I'm the Flash. Who? Yeah. Megan actually wanted to get it after hearing Kevin Smith talk about it on Hollywood Babylon while we were on the drive one day. She's like, I want to see that now. So it was it was a good story. So there you go. Your alt. Thomas Wayne survives. No, he just doesn't exist. In the alt story, he survived. No, because his actions prevented the reverse Flash's <laughs> actions. So that reality never took place. So uh, he just ceased to exist. We went and saw the Carrie remake. You can't argue it. <laughs> we went and saw the Carrie remake. I thoroughly enjoyed that, too. Megan did as well. It's pretty faithful to the original. That's one with uh, Chloe Morenz, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah did an awesome that. job. Julianne Moore did an awesome job. It was it was a good movie. It was it was really well done and really Is it faithful. an equally good payoff at the prom as, as the original? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's... it's I think I think they tried to stay as faithful as possible in a lot of ways. So yeah, kind of. Okay, but maybe not one hundred percent. I mean, I don't know because I mean you've kind of already seen it, right? So yeah. Uh, but I was I was really surprised that they did. I mean, other than okay, it's it's modern times. You know, people have cell phones and all that stuff, and they're posting stuff on YouTube and mm-hmm. that kind of crap. So like the whole cyberbullying, right? So the whole tampon throwing thing is now online right you know that kind of thing so other than you know those little changes i mean that scene is still there and along the way so i think they stayed really faithful i think it's 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 a shame that it's not doing better than it is right now because it came in like third but of course you know gravity is still going big and all that stuff but yeah it was it was it was a good movie i 
if you liked the original, this is not this is not a bad remake. It's more of a a, a complete homage to the first. I mean, I I bag on him a lot, but that's one of my favorite books and movies. So yeah. we watched Hotel Transylvania. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that was a cute little movie. Was, I, I liked it. Yeah, I that liked was this movie. So yeah, we're uh, as the month progresses here, we're gonna watch things like Frankenween and uh, Paranorman, and it, basically, if I if we want to watch a horror movie, you usually got to pair it up with something like that afterwards for Megan to get through it. Like she wants to see The Conjuring, Megan, sure. Like she wants to see The Conjuring. She just asked me, like, you're gonna get The Conjuring, right? I'm like, well, eventually. I really want to see that. That sounds like a good thing to do on a Sunday afternoon with a cartoon to watch <laughs> right after it. <laughs> Like, all right, I get your point. <laughs> and we watched uh, Snitch the other night. Snitch. Oh, The Rock? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't bad. It was uh, a lot slower than I think. I, that I It's a lot slower than I expected, and I think it's a lot slower than Megan expected. And I the biggest reason it was slower than I expected is because when Megan was picking out a movie, she's like, I kind of want to watch an action movie. <laughs> it's like, that ain't it. <laughs> so, But it was a decent movie. It's a little... I know it's a little hard to see The Rock in a getting my ass kicked <laughs> moment, though. It's like I don't, I don't know what to do. <laughs> it's like, come on! Usually, this is where I pick somebody up yeah, and drive like, them. And I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna pick up my truck and beat you with it right now. <laughs> but it was a good, it was a pretty decent movie, and that's what I had for watching. So, what have you been reading slash listening to? What have I been reading slash listening to? Well, I did finish Girls, so done with that. <laughs> I'm uh, the book. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm done with Girls. <laughs> Megan, <laughs> there's been a horrible admission. Oh, that's what you think. No, <laughs> and then there was another one. <laughs> we got to move. <laughs> uh, yeah, I finished. I finished the Girls Omnibus, and uh, yeah, I mean it was it was interesting. I just. I don't know. I don't know. End of the day, I was just like, all right. Especially towards the end, I just got so pissed off at some of the characters being so ridiculously stupid, like beyond any comprehension of stupidity. So it was your standard horror movie. <laughs> was, no, not even. I mean, it don't was, it go was down the stairs. No, it was stupid shit. Like, uh, we can't, you know, uh, I don't, never mind. It was just stupid. I, people were just acting dumb. Just completely dumb, like turning on each other in weird ways, and just the whole you know we can't trust any of the men, and the the guys sleeping with the clones after knowing what happens, and just just all kinds of stupid shit. Come on, they were hot. It was just oh, it was dumb. It was dumb. It was dumb. <laughs> well, once you've had a chance to let that simmer and just have only the high points stick around, <laughs> definitely check out Sword because I think it's a superior story and uh, it was far more interesting. And their kind of slow burn style. I see. I like Luna, but they. I think they have problems ending stuff. But this one was done in three kind of arcs or four arcs, whatever. And each arc was wrapped up a little bit better than any of the arcs in so in Girls. And I think it's overall a far better story. Well, speaking of which, I did read the first epi- or the first issue, issue of, of Sword. The Sword. Yeah. yeah. So, and I I haven't gone any farther than that. I I read that real quick and uh, just to get a taste because you did talk about it previously. So. I haven't decided where I'm going to go yet. I haven't decided what I'm going to read next. <laughs> yes, totally. I also picked up the next issue of Zombies vs. Fanboys 
because mm. I had read the first one, so I read the second one. Again, just stopped there. I don't know. I was just all over the place. I couldn't decide what I wanted to do next. It's still enjoyable. I mean, it, we gotta that, get down to those D and D guys, right? That that was the one with the D and D guys that you had told me about. So that was kind of interesting. And then the uh, action hero guy or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So that's it's enjoyable. That's one of those. I think I'll just every once in a while I'll grab another issue and kind of read through for a while. I've decided that like, like I've decided that on Comicsology my cutoff is a dollar ninety nine. If it's a dollar ninety nine, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> Anything above that, I don't. Want, I'll, I'll wait. That's kind of what I've been doing with Saga. Mm. Like when it first comes out, it's two ninety nine, and then usually about a month or so later, it drops down to one ninety nine. And that's when I buy the individual gotcha. one now, so I can keep reading it. Let's see. Final Girl. I read a comic called Final Girl, Arctic or Antarctic Press or something like that. It, I don't. I don't know what to think of it. It just. It. It was confusing as hell. I didn't like the art style. I, I'm not sure what they were going for. the The concept sounded cool. It's, you know, kind of what you think of it. There's a bunch of people, and some of them are female, and some of them were, were males, but they're all dropped on. They don't know where they are, kind of. They don't know how they got there or whatever. And they all start getting, they're on, like, this, in this either weird town or weird island or something. They're on a weird, in a weird town, I think, that is kind of taken over by mutants and blah, 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 you know, kind of the horror, hor- all the horror. So they start getting picked off. And apparently, if I'm understanding it right, like, there was a vote from, people that must read this comic that who was who was going to be this final girl so they took the votes and decided who the final girl was going to be but it was just i just no i i i just could i mean it was the the art style was very confusing it went for this very like muted and and like almost like a sponge painted kind of feel every once in a while so you know it's like you don't know it's confusing. you don't know what's going on well no i don't know what's going on you've made it abundantly clear i have no no idea what the hell's going on here and then they kept doing these weird the flashy back kind of things and just all of a sudden out of nowhere here's two pages of well you know what happened when da 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 it's like really I, it it sounded so much better <laughs> than execution um unfortunately for me at least yeah again for me and I actually did kind of start reading a book. <laughs> I am uh, working on The Cleric by Mr. William Reed. So, uh, Will, our, uh, one of our Lego guys, they sent me a copy. I'm trying to get, I'm going to be honest, I don't know if it's my type of book. I'm having a hard time getting into it. He does say on the back, he uh, talks about Terry Pratchett and Discworld. Never read Pratchett, never wanted to, didn't appeal to me. So, if this is in that vein, then that's probably why it's having a hard time grabbing me. Uh, but I'm going to read it and give it some more time since that's not usually my normal read, but it's a shorter book. So I thought it was a nice way for me to maybe get back into getting, getting away from pictures. Although I'm still reading comics in between, depending on what I find or what's on sale. I always do like the weekend sale, see what's on sale and see if there's anything that interests me and then see if Saga's dropped yet. (laughs) And then of course I am still listening to we're alive. But uh, uh, I've got to wait right now because we've only got one. See, we, you and I do the same thing. We save up the whole thing. And usually I can get through the almost the entire thing in either one drive or, or driving back. Uh, so, yeah, I usually save them up, and that's my that's my commute for that day or whatever. So we're waiting for the rest of, is it 39? Yep. Chapter 39. So we've only got part one of, I'm assuming, three. Yes. I didn't look. I well, just, there are always three parts, aren't yeah, well, they had a couple that were too. They had a. Uh, they, are they usually the finales though? Maybe that every once in a while I think they had a four or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's not too often. They're usually. I three. need me some Datu. <laughs> That's what I got right now. 
I, too, am waiting for two more chapters of We're Live before I listen to it. I'm reading a couple books right now, actually, depending on which level of my house I'm on. On the main floor, I've got Robopocalypse. Jordan lent this to me. It's uh, it's the tale of the robot uprising and uh, humanity's, I'm assuming, triumph. Uh, I don't know which came. It's enjoyable. I don't know which came first, this or zombie, uh, World War Z, but the same thing. But rather than a reporter going around getting the tales, it's uh, the soldier up in Alaska finds... Uh, what apparently the robot's memory cache was, memory store. So this is this is everything that the robot recorded. This is everything that Skynet. It's not Skynet, but I just refer to it as Skynet. It's it's everything that Skynet recorded up from its inception up to its downfall. And uh, so you're we're, you're getting uh, Skynet's view of everything. But the story is they found this box. It's Skynet's view of everything. But he's taking. He's then writing down the stories for humanity to catalog because, of course, you can't trust the robot. So, uh, I mean, it's interesting. It's but it's it's pretty much the con the same concept of World War Z. So, if you like that, the book, I mean, not the movie. If you like the World War Z book, the same thing only at Skynet. The other thing I'm the other physical book I'm reading is Dyson Men, which uh, is, is something Sarah brought home. I think just because it had to do with D and D, but it's. It's actually far more interesting than than I would have expected because it's about a, a dude and his uh, his life with Dungeons and Dragons uh, as you know the outsider in the eighties because you know it was the eighties uh, and then giving it up in an attempt to be cool and then coming back to it. But it's also a lot of history of uh, Gygax and Arneson and TSR and going from you know like tactical studies and why they went from tactical studies to TSR and stuff like that. So I mean it's. It's not just a dude telling his D&D story. There's actual interesting fact here, too. So and my character was level 35 <laughs> at, on uh, October 1985. And it was the game where the wizard was in the front of the party. I don't understand why you put the wizard in front of the party. <laughs> he doesn't deserve it, and yet he brings it on to himself sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> then on the comic side, I've been, uh, I think I'm now caught up to Pathfinder. I think I read issue 9. They have finally dealt with Black Fang, and then mm-hmm. the the traitor within um, Sandpoint has been revealed. So they don't know it, but the reader does. So the next arc there has been foreshadowed. But uh, yeah, I saw that today. Okay, so it is that I don't know. But well, they I mean it's not out yet, but they Paizo showed a oh the next, uh, yeah, the next issue, issue ten. Or oh, I thought you meant they, I thought you meant you saw nine today. So. I just saw that they were talking about the next arc. Okay. Uh, and they were showing off a little bit of art for it. Then something that was recommended to me, and normally I would scoff, but I didn't. Well, I did. But I read it anyway. Yeah. Let's be honest. <laughs> I don't. We I, can trust these people. I don't judge. I do. I <laughs> judge harshly. <laughs> Every time you say that to me, you know you're wrong. I know I'm wrong. I know I don't judge. But no, there might be on. somebody out there that doesn't listen to the podcast. No, I but... know, but you, you do it <laughs> <Yeah>. in private, too. <laughs> No, I shouldn't judge, but I'm going to. We are, and I'm not going to feel know, bad about it. We know it. you judge. When have you ever thought you shouldn't judge? Afterlife with Archie. <laughs> yeah, that Archie. For a minute there, I, you know where my mind went though. As soon as it, I thought you did not watch After Earth. Oh my God! No, <laughs> like, you jackass. Sarah brought that home from Redbox, and I'm like, well, I'll enjoy it because I'm not. <laughs> no, Afterlife with Archie. Yes, Archie Riverdale. All that fun stuff. Because they've apparently they've been working for quite a few years now. To am I on? Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> you are when you talk into the mic. Yes. <laughs> apparently they've been working for quite a few years now to modernize Archie, try to bring it into 
at least the 90s, if not the 50s anymore, you know. And I got to say, I don't really care. I don't pay attention. But this was, but I, I, I at least respect the, the effort because there is just a general lack of middle of the road comics for, for, for kids or for non tights and fights and non adult content kind, kind of comics. And Archie always fit that bill because it was very much, well, it's Archie, but it, then it, it has stuck for five decades as being the comic that is five decades old you know it's it's yeah. sadly it's archie so apparently they've been working to to modernize the character and you know they for a while they, they he was going to be marrying um which one i think veronica i don't know which one but they, there was a rumor that he was going to get married to one of them that he was growing up and in this issue it really showed because you know kids have cell phones and they're texting they're doing stuff so it's not just you know you know, Jughead with the the paper crown. You know, it's there. There's been an effort to to modernize it. So I hope they're having ongoing success, really, because though I don't read the book, it fills a niche that I think really needs to be there. But anyway, this and I'm going to do two issues here, two different books with some kind of panel by panel review here. I, I don't normally do that, but the book was just freaking awesome. First of all, the color is awesome. I, I it's zombies, right? It's Afterlife with Archie. And it's Halloween, so everything is very much a purple and an orange palette. the The people are light, but everything else is is dark, and it, and it's pumpkin and ghost. You know, it's very it's very much like that. And it starts off with Jughead running. Why is he running? We don't know. Because uh, it just starts off with like his feet in the panel, and then as the panels progress, you see more and more of him as he's running, and he's running through the forest, and he's running, and he's holding something. Well, he's holding his dog. His dog he finds dead on the side of the road. So, like, this is not Archie, just right there. The dog doesn't die. He's found his dog dead on the side of the road, and he's running. He's got to do something. Where's he going? Is he going to the vet? We don't know. He's he's trying to get something, somebody to help his dog. Where does he go? Sabrina the Teenage Witch. <laughs> he's trying to get the and the answer there, you know, and he's trying to get them to fix him, and they can't. He's, a, he's, he's dead. Can't do anything. But if you, you know, Sawyer, Jughead... If we'd got him here, we still had him in just one breath of life. We could have done something, but he's dead. And we will not tread those boundaries. We will not. That is dark magic necromancy. We will not. And they say necromancy in an Archie comic. <laughs> okay, that's stepping it up for Archie. I mean, I haven't read it since I was 10, so who knows? But maybe they've gone really strange places recently. So they send him away, and he's sad, and he's walking away with his dead dog. And then, <laughs> I mean, it's just freaking hilarious. I don't know if it's supposed to be, but it was funny, but good. Sabrina goes downstairs and her the talking cat is there. And he's like, what are you doing? And she pulls out the Necronomicon. She's got the Necronomicon in her hand. She says, this shouldn't have happened. I'm going to do something. Your aunts will be angry. They'll never know. So she goes to Jughead's house and says, at midnight, come to the blah, 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 and bring a shovel. And then there's it's this whole pet cemetery moment. And I'm gonna I'm totally spoiling this for everybody, but it's totally worth it because you can go read this even after everything that I say. It's a pet cemetery moment. He buries the dog, she casts the spell, she goes home, she gets busted for treading into necromancy. But that's the end of what we see of her, or at least for this issue. I don't know how many issues this is gonna be, but I think I'm gonna get all of them. And then the next day, dog's out of the ground. So total pet cemetery, and now the dog's evil. Dog bites him. And that is patient zero. That's the zombie moment. Uh, he Jughead then takes the day off school because uh, he's sick and he knows he's messed up. 
and his arms all pussy and puffy. And Oh, and the setting, of course, being Halloween, is the fall dance. So they're getting ready to go to the Halloween dance. And Archie's like, do you want me to hang out with you? You're sick? No, no, you just go to... Go to go to the dance because and you know drama between Betty and Veronica. Who's he really going with? And are they going to dress up as sexy nurse or is it going to be sexy witch or kind of a thing? And I'm like, eh. but this is the same debate everybody has. You know how slatternly am I going to dress this year? And the, the closing frame is Jughead coming into the uh, the auditorium or the gym or wherever they're having their dance, and some kids like. He's got the best costume ever. Look at him. Ah, and he's all zombified. It was hilarious. It was great. I mean, it was... Uh, I don't want to read Archie on a regular basis, but this was just so totally worth it. Check it out. Really. The other one that I really enjoyed is from Oni Press, and it's called Letter 44. And according to the book, the departing president since the time of, you know, George Washington has written a letter to the incoming president. Just a final personal note. So this is letter 44 to the 40, 44th president. They apparently are bypassing Barack Obama. They're just going from Bush to this dude. Because this dude, th- their color palettes are a little off, but this dude is clearly white because they have a black dude in the book and they draw him differently. So they're bypassing Obama. They're just going from the desert wars to... I I forget what year it's supposed to be set in. I don't think it's actually supposed to be 2008, but it's like it's like that. And the departing president's letter is I know you think I'm an idiot. I know you think I'm evil. I know you think I've put our country into wars for no reason. I know you think you've I, I've put our countries into wars just to to uh, aggrandize myself and to enrich myself. But here's the thing. X number of years ago, NASA discovered an alien object out in the asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter. They haven't tried to contact us, and any automated probes we've sent out there have been destroyed. Nobody else knows about this, so I've been wanting to ensure that America had the best standing army possible and the most combat-ready veteran army possible. So yes, I have done these things, but hopefully you will discover it is for the betterment of our country and for the safety of the world. So letter 44 is, the aliens are out there. They've been out there for at least eight years. We don't know if 43 told 44, the, uh, 42 told 43 this, or if this happened on Bush's watch or what. But this is, this is the motivation for all the desert wars, is to keep, to keep the U.S. Army trained and up to snuff and, you know, the best possible gear, the best possible training, and the best possible standing army, to, just in case they come here. Uh, okay, interesting use of real life. But, you know, then the, the present day, not, not the reasoning for Bush's actions in the Middle East, but now going forward, they've sent a crewed ship out to the asteroid to see if maybe they can make first contact uh, to, out to the asteroid belts. And they're sufficiently far out now that there's a 28-minute time delay between, you know, giving your response, getting a response, and then getting a response back. So there's this stilted conversation between the president and the crew of this ship, but they make a lot of effort. Two, two, three times in the opening pages after he's read the letter, they, they make a point of saying they've sent out a crew of nine, five science and four military to go make contact in the asteroid belt with, these, with this alien presence. It's crew of nine. Crew of nine. They say this two, three times. And then they do a full crew shot, and there's only eight. And they don't explain it. And they don't even reference it. It's just here's the full crew shot, and there's only eight. So we don't know what's happened to the, this ninth crew member. 
And the book ends with kind of a discussion of, well, you know, we're going to die because everything we've sent out there has been destroyed. And now we're going out there and it's not going to make a difference. And they're like, well, why? what's the point of sending us out here to use all these big laser guns if, you know, we're going to die? They said, well, sometimes you really need to be careful what you wish for because maybe we don't die. But if we get to use those big laser guns, we're probably going to die. <laughs> so the crew is very down on the mission because they're, they're not expecting success in, in any in any aspect. And there's another thing. And just in case anybody's going to read this, I'm not going to spoil, but there's this one big reveal that was totally not addressed at all. You know, there's the missing crew member. This is obvious in the way it's drawn, but then there's this big spoiler again that they don't, they don't address whatsoever. It's got to do with one of the crew members. And I'm not going to discuss that, but I'm, that's, that was the bigger hook for me than, than the missing crew members. What's, what's wrong with this other person? But anyways, the last, the last page is the ship moving through the barrier. And then they show just for scale. Like the ship is a centimeter long on the page, and then the alien ship just takes up the rest of the frame. You know, it's just everything else. So that's that's how Letter Forty Four Issue One ends. And uh, I mean, Oni does really good stuff. They rarely do tights and fights, and they always have good characters. So I'm actually thinking it'll pick this one up on a monthly basis rather than uh, you know wait for the dollar bin. And uh, started reading um, Green Lantern New Guardians. Because where I caught up to in Green Lantern ended with a crossover with them. So now I have to get caught up on that. I don't know, just the first couple issues. It's Carol Rainer-centric so far, so that kind of sucks. And uh, Avengers Arena. I think I am almost caught up on that now. I think I'm up to 12, I think, or 11. I know it's ending at 18, so I don't think I have that much more to catch up on. Uh, And it's almost over anyways. But it's uh, they did the thing that I always hate, though, to give Arcade... A backstory, you know. Doesn't matter why he's the crazy genius that wants to kill people. He's in it for the game. He likes the game. Doesn't matter that his parents beat him. Doesn't matter that his mother was an alcoholic. His father was a child molester. Doesn't matter. You know, that, that's not it. But they gave him, they gave him backstory. There's no need. Who cares if he was bullied? Doesn't matter. He, he just likes to dick with people. That's all you need to know. <laughs> he sets up elaborate death traps. That's what he does. But still, it's it's pretty enjoyable. I mean, I'm liking it. It's... Like I said before, it's a bunch of B and C listers. A lot of people that I'd never even heard of. I asked around, and some of the people that do read kind of the Avengers and the X titles a lot more than I do, and they're like, "Yeah, no, that's Avengers barely." <laughs> no, yeah, I mean it's a good book, yeah, but no. Um, so that's I think that that would be a good read for people to pick up and trade when it when the whole thing's compiled because it's good. Kind of like I said, the B's and C's getting whacked, and you know it's. Uh, well, like I've said before, battle royal only with the heroes. So, uh, yeah, by the looks of it, that's that's my reading and listening. We thought we were going to have a short app this week. <laughs> well, you didn't have to go panel by panel. <laughs> what we're playing? Firefly. Yes. We've been playing some Firefly, the board game. Plenty of people reviewing it right now. We thought we would wait. Uh, plus, we just want to get some more plays in. I think that's that's mostly what I see. We played that at Jordals. We played it together, and then mm-hmm. we played Thrashcar. And then Megan and I were going to play it. We never got around to it, so we might not this weekend since she's going to be gone. But that's all I think I did tabletop. Now that I think about it. So beyond that, still doing Temple Run Two. The Wolf Among Us played a little bit of that, not a lot of it. Have you seen that? Or it's. Um, Telltale's follow-up to The Walking Dead, or their next game. Oh, yeah. So they did you know, The Walking Dead game, which was a really good story. Crappy controls. 
same thing. It's it's based off of the fabled comic. Fables. Yeah, fables. Is that it? Yeah. Right. Where they they all come back to modern day or whatever and have to stay hidden or whatever and the big bad wolf is like a sheriff or whatever. The Vertigo books? If you say so. Okay. (laughs) I've never read the comics. I started playing a little bit of the game. I mean, it's the same. It's a pretty good story. It's a mature story. Same, like, uh, decision-making kind of deal that you have to do in the Walking Dead stuff where, you know, you got to make a decision of how you're going to do things and everybody remembers what you've done and you got a timer. I really liked that in the Walking Dead games where it just wasn't like, well, hmm, let me think about this for a minute. If I respond this way, no. it's like, it's like you see the timer shrink. It's like, oh, I got to do something. Uh, and then, you know, little blips will pop up. They're going to remember that. You did this. You know, you lied to the beast. You know, stuff like that. So, but it's, it's. You punched him in the dick. He will remember this. So it seems like it's going to be a, another good story based game. Same controls. So again, I'm not, I've never been thrilled with the control aspect of it, but the story part of their games kind of outweigh it. So uh, I haven't played a lot of it yet, but I did go ahead and grab the season pass thing for it so I can get the whole thing for a little less money because it's episodic. So this is just episode one for now. Grand Theft Auto Five, of course, still playing that. Megan's finished it. I haven't yet. Well, she finished the main story. She's going back for her 100% stuff where I always do the side mission, all of the side missions. And then once I'm out of side missions, I continue the story, which gives me more side missions. So it, it, it was kind of interesting watching her sometimes towards the end because I knew she was farther along than me. But all of a sudden she'd be like doing something I was like I did that a long time ago. <laughs> so uh, it's Love that game. Uh, Shadowrun Returns. I've been playing that off and on. Uh, I got it on the tablet and, of course, my PC, so depending on where I want to be. I was going to ask you. No. Did you, um, because you had made a comment about all I had was my regular gun. Did you equip your rigor with No, I was Jordal. No, but you you talked about you had hired one. Yeah. Oh, when I, the dude I hired. Yeah. My rigor, I have to put the drones in their weapon spots. Oh, really? Yeah. So I didn't do that. I, yeah, so I have them as my weapons, and then if it comes to just me, I got to punch somebody because <laughs> I played my rigor the other night on my PC, and I noticed that I, that's where my drones were. I have to I have to decide which two I'm putting in my weapon slots. Well, that's silly. Yeah. So that disaster. That, <laughs> so that I that made me think of that. So that might have been what was going on because if they're in your inventory and you still had your regular there, the guy still had his regular gun or whatever, then that must've not been in his weapon spot. Hmm. Well, then they should give him three weapon spots. <laughs> the part, the part that kind of sucks is, uh, sometimes is, uh, like you'll activate the drones, but you stay still pretty much. So the drones, so you take the drones with the rest of the party and also the rest of the party has cleared everything out. And then they're sitting there waiting for your ass to run up to them. <laughs> it's like, I'm coming. <laughs> That's all I had for Just playing. Just a little dwarf rigger, dude. It's, it's going to take me a while. Yeah, I need to get back to that. I haven't played that, clearly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I finished uh, Diablo 3. I still want to pick that up. Ran that as a uh, witch doctor, like I said, last uh, last step. And it was good. I mean, it was a little shorter than I thought. But I was basing that on it, it gives you percent complete and overall percent complete. And it was only like like twenty three percent. So I thought, wow, I've got a lot more. And then like the game was boom done. I'm like, oh, I guess that means just overall of all your achievements, not overall for this 
instance. So, but I pretty much fired it up right away to do. Uh, um, to, uh, fired up a monk because I think this is a game with a lot of replayability. And like I said before, I don't really play, replay a lot of games. It's like wherever I'm at, I'm done and I'm done. Uh, but this got a lot of replayability in it. But it felt a little bit too much like a grind since like I finished and I was like, woohoo, start again. Ah, no. So I lent that to Jordal. So I'm going to let him dick around with it for a bit. And then when I get it back, I'll, I'll continue my monk. Got in some hero clicks and attack wing. Attack wing this past weekend up in Narach. It was a good uh, good session. I uh, I went 2-0. I almost lost a game, but I <laughs> I remembered I had a, a, a card called Cheat Death. My ship blew up, but Cheat Death lets you cheat death so uh, my opponent was starting to gather up his cards and i was starting to gather up mine and i saw one card wait i'm not dead yet <laughs> what haha cheat death oh <laughs> uh, and then uh, rather than him destroying me i destroyed him haha suck it nate i don't think he listens so he'll never get that not that nate <laughs> <laughs> yeah not that nate it's a nate that's allowed to be named uh and then like you said firefly and thrash car i just remembered i also played a little bit of uh I busted out Batman Arkham City mm-hmm. to prep for Origins. Wow, am I rusty at that game. <laughs> I, I cannot move can't around. Can't quite find the gargoyles. <laughs> I can't move around the city like I used to. And I, I actually never played the... Um, I grabbed it, but I never went back to it. The Harley Quinn downloadable content. Mm. Did you did you play? Played a little bit of it, but yeah. It's one of those things that was... Oh, no, not the Harley Quinn. No, it came with Catwoman, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, then I didn't get any of the yeah, Harley you, Quinn stuff. You can play, uh, right? You can play as Batman, uh, Night Nightwing, I think. No, it's Batman and Catwoman. Nightwing. Batman and Catwoman, but I think eventually you can also switch. To you got Nightwing. a Nightwing, but I don't think he, or it was a Robin, I think. But yeah. I, it was never playable. At least I never got it to be. He just showed up and talked every now and then. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. Oh I no, think, that was Azrael. Whatever. I'm trying to remember though. I think I think you can. Well, I think it might have been an extra thing that you could have grabbed another pack, but you can play. I think you can play as Nightwing, but I think you got to get to the point where I think you got to basically complete the main story, uh, but not necessarily all the things because there are uh, switch spots mm-hmm. right where you can switch characters, um, and I think you can switch out to him. But the uh, Harley Quinn stuff, you actually play primarily so far as Robin. You, I played a little bit of Batman, but it's mostly you're playing as Robin trying to figure out where or what's what's going on with Batman or where he's at or something hmm. like that. At least as far as I've played so far. So, yeah, it was it's you know, the the DLC for after when the main story of Arkham City ended and how that ended. I mean, I know it's been out forever in a day, but I won't I won't say, but uh how Harley is dealing with everything and how she's gone a little little uh, a little more batshit crazy and uh Batman went to take care of something and he disappeared so now robin's robin's stepping in so i played a little bit of the main game because i didn't finish everything 100 percent. i was like good lord i am having a hell of a time I, I can't i can't get around the city like i used to it's it's taken it's taken a little while to remember all that crap so i played that for a little bit and i was like eh, let me go check out that dlc that i never played so i started playing that a little bit but just trying to get ready for origins here this this week Yep, I got my pre-order coming in on Friday. Yeah, same here. Megan's going going away this weekend. Now if I can just keep the pager quiet, I'm good. She she said tonight she was. I'm still trying to figure out if I want to take the dogs with. I'm like, you want to you take do. the dogs with? <laughs> <laughs> take them. All right. So there you go. I think we have reached the end of episode 32. Woohoo! And puberty. <laughs> All right, so I'm Jeff King. And I'm the Canadian. 
Thanks for listening. New in, new outro. Thank <laughs> you.